Welcome. I was watching. I'm glad nobody left during my uh, solo rendition of Mr. Rogers in Indonesian, in case you were wondering. Uh, Ron and Fran here for the first time. Thank you for putting up with that, hanging in there. Hopefully it gets better. Um, So welcome this morning. We've been talking about uh, being neighbors, connecting with those around us. So I'm going to Give a little framework here. We're going to start off looking at Acts 1.8. These are some of the last words that Jesus said. And so they have a a powerful impact on how we live our lives and and how we, uh, what we're here for. What is our role? And he says here, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere. In Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Now, we're coming in right at the end of what Jesus said, but let me back up. Let's give a little backdrop. Why why is Jesus telling people that that follow him to go out and be my witnesses and, and go all over the world? Well, to begin with, as followers of Christ, we believe that God created everything for his glory, and he created things beautiful, And they stood out, and God was glorified in what he made. And the pinnacle, the crown achievement of God's creation was humanity. He made mankind in his image. And we wrestle about what that really means. But bottom line, for us to have a relationship with him, for humans to have a connection with God. And early in the beginning, everything was just as it was laid out to be, perfect communication, a relationship with the God who is perfect and right. And I think most of you know the next part of the story. Humans rebelled. They became selfish. They said, hey, God, I can do this better. I know this better. I want to do it my way. And humanity separated themselves from God. There was, we we call it in Christianity, a a spiritual death, a separation. And that that broke humanity's connection with this great, perfect God. And it broke humanity's connection with each other and, and with ourselves and with creation. And I think you all realize we still live in that struggle now of that, that brokenness. Well, God didn't give up. He, he made everything beautiful and he wanted this relationship with man and he continued to pursue mankind. And he sent prophets down saying, come back to me, follow me. My ways are best for you. My ways are best for creation. My ways are best for humanity to live and worship me And humanity continued to turn the other way. And God was brokenhearted and he reached down and he said, I'm going to send my son. And as again, as most of you know, God himself, Jesus Christ, came down in the form of a human. He lived among the brokenness and the ugliness and the filth and the rebellion of humanity. And Jesus lived a sinless life. And though we had to pay a penalty for our sins, humanity, Jesus said, I will pay that penalty so I can bring you back into that right relationship with God. 
And so for those of us who follow God, who have given our lives to him, this complete surrender, it's about following God in everything. Not just showing up at church or trying to be good. It's saying, no, I can't be good. It's only because Jesus lived a sinless life, that Jesus rose from the dead and continues on, that I can have that relationship with God. And you know, there's still some of that brokenness in our relationship with God. Even when we give our lives to him, we all struggle. We struggle in how to live that out, how to love and share and and we're still struggling with how to connect with creation and with each other and with ourselves. But he's given us a picture of what it will look like in the future. That all things, like they were created in the beginning, will be made right. And we come together and we, we celebrate that on Sundays and we worship him because he is going to make things right because that is his plan. But before he left, he gave us this verse, you shall be my witnesses. And this is right before Jesus ascended and the Holy Spirit descended. And once the Holy Spirit came upon the disciples, Jesus said, well, I can come back and make everything right, but I want people to be restored to their Father in heaven. So you disciples and disciples on out through history will be my witnesses. So we have a role. We have a relationship with God so that we can go out and tell others about him. We come together in church and learn and we go in small groups and grow so that we can be the salt and light into the world. Now, when I talk to people, I say, man, isn't it cool that we are, we are his workers going out into the world? And people, well, not really. That puts this pressure on me and I, I really don't feel all that transformed and it says, you know, once you follow Christ, the Holy Spirit's in me, and I'm, Kevin, I'm, I'm just not feeling it. Well, I don't like to throw cold water on things, but it's not about our feelings. Would you agree with me? You know, what, what does God's word say? What is he saying? Yes, we can't discount our feelings, and we continue. We should continue to grow in him, to learn, but we're never going to be perfect, I know the staff here at Olive Branch. We're not perfect. But you know what? God calls the staff here to be his witnesses to a hurting and broken world. God calls every one of us here who are followers of him to be his witnesses, regardless of how we feel. And though we're struggling in some areas of life, yes, we should work on that, but we are to go out for him we are a people for his own possession so that we can reach those he misses most. Interesting phrase, those he misses most. Why would I say that? Well, if God created everybody to have a relationship with him, we are, we are his children and people are rebelling. They don't have that relationship. Those of us who have a relationship with him, he is working through us and there are still those who are rebelling, those who he misses most. But we shouldn't, we, why do we feel this, this heavy weight? We're supposed to be witnesses. We have to go out and live this out. And they keep repeating, love, live, and share. Man, why should we do this? Isn't this a heavy weight? A friend of mine, Liz, Dr. Liz, 
worked as a doctor in Britain, and she went over to Indonesia and worked in the same island where my wife and I were for five years and did just wonderful things with the little resources she had as a doctor and worked in an area where medical resources were incredibly limited and medical knowledge and worked there for many years. And then she and her family went back to Britain. Well, somebody submitted her name or she walked through some process But anyway, she was up for, I don't even know the name for it, but if you're a a guy and you do these wonderful things in the world and you're a British citizen, you become knighted. But if you're a female, you you don't become a knight, you become a dame. Well, anyway, Liz went through this whole process after many years in Indonesia, living in a tribal village, helping people, and she came back and she became a dame. And again, a long process meeting with all these people. And finally, she got an audience with the queen. She sat there with the queen and had a little chat. And the queen said, thank you. Thank you for going out and and being kind of commissioned from Britain to go out and be a British citizen into the world. What an honor. And Liz is a proud British citizen. That's nothing compared to us. We have this commission. We have this challenge. We have this this verse. Go out and live for me. Go out and share from our heavenly king. What We should be celebrating, not cowering under the weight of, oh, we have to do this. Man, I'm excited about the Eagles playing in the Super Bowl today. I had 20 years in Philadelphia, so cut me some slack. Uh, the Bible mentions eagles 33 times, patriots, zero. Uh, but man, we should be excited about telling stories about this great, big, wonderful God who has done so much to draw us back into relationship with him. We should do that in a much more celebratory way than I will be celebrating the eagles' victory later this afternoon. We are to be going out, inviting people in, but living for him. So the first step is we need to be connecting with our local neighbors. We are his witnesses. Uh, We're going to go on to some other uh, phrases here that you can put there. Now, sometimes witness doesn't connect with people. I think of it kind of a jury witness. Uh, We went through the book of John. It talks about you people going out and living for him and being the salt and light. In this passage here, 2 Corinthians 5, 11 through 20, we're just going to touch on a couple verses this morning, but if you get beyond the message, it's an email that goes out, there's also a handout uh, out there, it will go more in depth in this passage, 2 Corinthians 11 through 20. Uh, Today... I'll be touching on this, and then I'll be giving a a little bit of an update on what we're doing. So we're going to package it with these verses, but uh, a lot of this will be uh, more of an update for them. So I encourage you, if you don't have Beyond the Message, get on the church app. You can sign up for it and get it sent to you. But the next week, we'll be going more in detail on 2 Corinthians 5, 11 through 20. I'd just like to read uh, verses 17 through 20, just packed and packed with stuff and kind of unpacking. What does this mean to be his witnesses? Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. 
All this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the word world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. So there on our sheets, it says connecting with our local neighbors, be witnesses. We can also say be ambassadors. Again, that doesn't really resonate with us when most of us don't think that uh, in terms of a, a political ambassador. But it also mentions we have a ministry of reconciliation. We don't go out and save people. We don't go out and try to slam dunk them into heaven or or push our religion on them. What we do want to do is reconcile these people back to their heavenly father, back to God. I was in uh, Cambodia uh, many years ago with a large group, and we went and visited an orphanage. And all of us were so touched by seeing these little kids abandoned by or having no parents, living in this broken uh, culture where medical care and education was so poor, and our hearts just broke. Many people were playing with the kids, and we left weeping. What about their future? What, this isn't the way it's supposed to be. And we, we talked to the, the, one of the ladies that was... Uh, Uh, had been there for years as as global workers. And she said, you know, my husband's a doctor. So every week he goes in and he sees every one of those orphans. And she says, my heart still breaks for those orphans. But, you know, they they are getting some things. They are are getting a good education in that orphanage. They're getting good medical care, better than most uh, Cambodians. And they're getting to hear teaching about Jesus Christ. Still break for them because we have workers and people that care. And, but that's not quite the same as parents for these kids. But she says, I don't think I'm getting callous. But Kevin, what makes me weep is when I open my door in my neighborhood. And I look out and I see orphans, spiritual orphans. People who might have jobs heading off to work, but they're estranged from their heavenly father. They have no relationship with him. And she says, I pray there's some kind of hope that they can be reached with the gospel of Jesus Christ. See, we can see people in in an earthly sense as, as orphans. And we go overseas or we'll talk a little bit about foster care here today. And our heart breaks for them. If we see with God's eyes, our hearts should break for those who don't know their heavenly father and should break for them to be reconciled back into that wonderful relationship with him. I just pray that we press forward with God's eyes. So we're to to be witnesses, ambassadors, reconcilers, whatever word you want to choose. But if you choose to follow Christ... Your role is to deny yourself and to follow him and to love, live, and share him wherever you go. 
So it shouldn't be a weight. It should be a way we see the world and we see our role in God's beautiful story. Secondly, we're going to talk a little bit more about reaching our global neighbors and our, be a family. Now, I'm going to go into a little bit of background of where we've been and where we're going globally, and then we'll get back to being a witness. So uh, a little less of a sermon here, but a, a word of caution. Uh, uh, Mark mentioned it briefly here. We have workers overseas and we've often referred to them in a different way. I'm going to stay away from that one word that has negative connotations throughout the world. I might, for the word, for global workers, I might use the word expatriate. And that's a person who has left their home country and is living in another country. I just don't want to alert uh, anything online with any pictures or any terminology that might expose some of our global workers overseas. Now, some of them are in countries where they don't allow uh, full-time Christian workers with that focus, but they do allow people with other platforms to work there. So I want to impress upon you a, a certain amount of security, and I'm probably going to goof that up this morning, and I'm still working on it myself. But we want them to continue on in the, the ministry overseas where they are, my greater concern is for those that they are connecting with as they have ministries of reconciliation, bringing people back to God and their heavenly father. Uh, that can have an impact on those they are working with. If they are sharing about Jesus Christ and people become followers of Christ and our friends are exposed as Christian workers, that can have great negative uh, ramifications on those people. Now, that might sound kind of scary or ominous, but when people follow Christ in many other countries, they're ostracized from work. They might be ostracized from their family, and it can lead to death in radical areas or radical times. Some of the countries where we're working right now, it seems okay. We don't know what it's going to be like tomorrow. So when you post on Facebook, uh, just be aware of that kind of thing. And you might want to ask some of our global workers, hey, how do I respond to you in emails? Are emails secure? Certainly Facebook isn't. Some use Instagram one way and Facebook another way. If you want to connect with some of our family, ask them those questions. How can I, how can I pray for you? And what are those, some of those security concerns that you have? So we're also going to show some of the, the photos will be on the side, not in the front. And so it's just that awareness of, of security issues. And I'm still working on that. So as part of our family, we have Christine. Now, many of you know, years ago, Christine went over to, to Africa, learned a couple different languages, and then this nasty group, Boko Haram, came surrounding the area. And every global worker, every expatriate had to get out of that area, and Christine came back here. Meanwhile, we trained up some others, and, uh, and I'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, but now Christine is over learning the language, and she's just about done. She's been there about a year and a half in the largest Muslim nation in the world. And she is learning that language so she can go out and connect in, uh, in this Wamana community center that we have been talking about, where we can take people who are immigrating from one part of this country into this other part, and they're a little more open to change and open to the gospel. Uh, Christine is... Uh, out there and uh, hanging in there. It's tough 
is a single. Uh, she also has a twin and the relationship he has back here with this family. Well, she's part of our family too. So connect, send her a note of encouragement. There's ways to get their, her email and other workers out there on the, the side wall there. Next, we have Scott and Casey, and Scott and Casey were real cautious at first. Now they will, you'll hear a mention, hey, we're in Thailand now. Uh, Casey works in the medical arena as she helps other expatriates with their medical needs. Can they get help in that area of uh, Asia, or do they need to come back to the States? So she has a, 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 a desk and a job she goes to there in that area of Thailand. And Scott's a videographer who makes videos that shares the need and how we in the States and other countries might help meet those needs in those other countries. But you know what? They are his witnesses. And they have a, a, a cute little video of what they've been doing to connect with their neighbors. Pretty cool. One of the things I like about that is though they're serving in another country, they're still doing what we're doing, going out and being his witnesses to a broken world. That's Scott and Casey. Next couple is uh, Carrie and Char. I first met Carrie and Char in 1996. I went to Madrid to meet people with their mission agency and connect, and uh, they were leading that group of global workers. And since then, he has had many other leadership positions, recently finished his uh, PhD, and now he travels around about eight to nine months of the year. They spend traveling, living in different areas for two or three months, sharing with these new teams that go out to these unreached places, places with uh, no church there, or if there is one, very little. Generally, we say less than 2% evangelical is something we refer to as unreached. Well, they go around, these help these new teams. How do we connect with that culture? How do we make long-term plans so that they can form this, possibly a new word here, indigenous church, where they make a church that, that fits their culture? Carrie and Char are actually members of Olive Branch, and they attend here whenever they're in town. That's only about three months out of the year. So if you look for them, greet them, or get their picture and follow them and pray for them, they're, they're part of our family. So next, we have a, on your sheet to planning to impact more global neighbors, be a partner. So we talk about our role as witnesses. We're talking about our family that's overseas. And next thing I'm going to talk about other family members that we can partner with in their journey. So 
We've talked about what Olive Branch is doing overseas and now what we want to do. And let me share with you, we are, we've been training up more global workers. And people say, Kevin, why are we doing that? You know what? It wasn't that long ago when Christine went, we had two other couples going with her. And we did this training and the two other couples came home prematurely. They didn't get out there and get involved in ministry. And this is costly. And because they're family, there's pain and, and there's hurt. And there's almost a sense of, of giving up. Well, you know what? Jesus said, go and make disciples. He says, be my witnesses to the end of the earth. So whether we do it well or whether we're always successful, this role of reconcilers, this ministry of reconciliation compels us to move forward. We need to move forward wisely. We need to move forward carefully. But we need to move forward and get this great word out and reconcile people back to their father. Now, this second time we've walked through it, we've done, we've looked for people that have more ministry experience. We've done a little bit more training with them. We started out two years ago with 13 people gathering on Sunday morning every week, and now we're down to four, two couples, because this isn't for everybody. And we wanted to take these next steps with care and caution, but we can't guarantee success. Companies that send workers out, secular companies that go overseas, know there's a high turnover rate. It happens. We need to continue pressing forward. Now, I just said we can't guarantee success, but when I share this story with other outreach pastors or other people in other churches, they say, why, Kevin, does your church feel so much hurt over these the, these other couples that have come back, look at the success you, you have. I just walked through Christine. I walked through uh, Carrie and Shar and Scott and Casey. We are doing some cool things as a local church here in Corona globally. So we should be excited about that. And though we hurt and we learn from past experience, let's press forward because God is worthy and his name must go out to those who haven't heard it, especially to those who haven't heard it. Now, currently, I mentioned two couples. We have, uh, first off, Tim and Molly. Uh, Tim spoke here about four or five weeks ago, and you'll see him speak a couple more times in the next six months. This couple, very involved here, been very involved in ministry. Tim has been an associate pastor, though they're a young couple. Wonderful experience, wonderful education. And in a couple, and they're looking to go in the next year, year and a half. So they're going to go on an exploratory trip to East Asia. So on this trip to East Asia, at the end of the month, they'll be going out. Isn't that clever? Uh, going out for a couple weeks, the end of February to, to early March, and coming back and saying, uh, similar to what we heard earlier, is this where God can use my gifts for his glory where the needs are great. So again, they'll be up on the stage at the end of this month. We'll I'll pray for them as they go out to East Asia for a couple of weeks and come back and prepare to head out in a year or so. Next, we've already heard uh, from Sean and Leslie, and a couple weeks ago we had them up here on the stage as we prayed for them. They are really wrestling with, God, where can you best use us? Sean is an entrepreneur. He 
I helped to start James Project, which we heard an announcement. We're going to have one of those in a couple weeks. We go and have a ministry out into our neighborhoods of restoring a, a lawn or a yard to, to meet uh, city code. And that's a wonderful ministry. Sean is just an entrepreneur. He has an air conditioning business. Um, Leslie is an educator. She teaches part-time here in our school here. Wonderful young couple, but where can God best use us? So they are looking at this Awamene Community Center, and that's where Christine will be headed once she finishes language. Is that where God can best use them? How much can you learn in a short two-week trip? That's why they ask for prayer, for discernment. They're going to come back. I'm going to pick them up Thursday night from LAX, debrief, and uh, they're going to take a uh, trip down to uh, Baja and work with some, and meet with some workers there. And then we're going to process which of those places fit them. And they hope to be heading out long-term in a couple years. So this is still a little ways off, but we can connect with them. Uh, we can pray for them. And there's a cost. Uh, there's a cost taking these four little kids over into another country. Uh, Tim and Molly looking to go to a place that uh, it goes up and down how the government feels about American workers in their country. Uh, it's a stress. So we need to get behind them, get their information, uh, stay with them as we, we partner with them in prayer financially and help them to go out uh, as an extension of Olive Branch into a hurting world. Now next, for the rest of us, what, what about those needs around us? Well, we should all be having an impact where we are, but here's some options for us. I'm going to walk through six different short-term options, and I have a little sheet on each of these. These are out back, and there's a little uh, at the connections table and also in the foyer, and there's a little tear-off perforation if you're interested. This first one is Royal Family Kids Camp. How many of you been to a Royal Family Kids Camp? Anybody here? Shut down again. Oh, there we go. Thank Debbie. And you're heading there this year? Maybe? Okay, wonderful. Thank you for your commitment for many years with them. This is a camp for kids who are uh, foster kids. So they connect with the foster parents in the area and say, hey, we have a free camp for uh, your kids. And so they gather a good number of kids, head down to Vista for a week. And we just fill this camp with staff. And we just love on those kids. So many stories of kids, foster kids, bouncing from home to home without ever getting to a church or hearing the story that God loves them, that they have a heavenly father that they could be reconnected with. Uh, the dates for each of these trips, that's June 9 through 15. There's no cost. But if you sign up, there's some mandatory training, and uh, we'll get you going in that ministry. Next, we have a, a ministry. Uh, oops, got a trigger finger there. Uh, Johnny and Friends, this is a global organization that reaches out to disabled families or families struggling with a disability. Again, this one's pretty close, Murrieta, and it's just where you go and befriend a family for a week. And there's things you can step in and help with a child or it could be an adult who's struggling with a disability. You don't need to have a medical background, but just a wonderful respite for those families. And we started planning for this and training and Johnny and friends called me and asked me if I'd be the camp pastor for them that week. So I'll be down at this one. I'm excited. Our family's been blessed by 
uh, this ministry as well. Next, um, I'm sorry, that one's in July, 8 through 13, and the dates, and there's more information on these sheets if you're interested. Next one down in Ensenada, actually, it's about two hours south of Ensenada. There's a home for older men that are hurting uh, physically. Um, it's kind of a rest home. It's not real big, but it's a chance we can just go down and serve. And you might say, well, what are we going to do? Well, when you go as a servant, you go to serve. So we're going to do what they need us to do when we get there. But we're going to love on these men and help. There's a struggling uh, little church there that's trying to help this, uh, this uh, home. And the pastor there said, can you come down and just help us for a week? Encourage our flock and that we can go down and serve with them and learn as well. We have a trip to Latvia in the uh, middle of June as well. We have a couple here, Alan and Sarah Clark. They go here a couple times a year, but every summer for the last five or six years. said, if anybody can join us, we go down to this English-speaking camp. We just practice English and connect with these young adults and hopefully point them to their Savior. Uh, next, we have one in Thailand, June 23rd through July 5th. We hope to go down. This one will take a little more training because we're going to teach English. Come alongside a, a Thai church. And as Americans, we attract people and they want to learn English as well. So we'll do some training and how to teach English and go there and teach English. And hopefully the plan is stop in and see Scott and Casey in Thailand on the way back. And finally, we have a trip to Papua to this uh, Wamana Community Center. And this is a little more intense trip. This is for people that are thinking, I really think God could use me long-term overseas. I really want to go. We're not going to do anything on this trip. It's a learn. It's ask questions. Is this where I can best share the gospel of Jesus Christ where the needs are great? So we're praying for wisdom, walking through a, a more training for that uh, group as well. Again, those sheets are out there. Next Sunday at 12.30 in room 224, we're going to have a gathering uh, and get more information. So jot that down next Sunday at 12.30 in room 224. But you can grab a handout. And you know what? If you're already busy, you already have plans, or this doesn't fit your life right now, it's okay. These are simply opportunities to step into. Our role is to love and share, love, live and share Christ wherever we are. And finally, to be a world Christian. I've been talking about global workers and expatriates. Well, a lot of us can't be overseas. There are some limitations in life. But we still need to have that mindset, connecting with our global workers, but uh, also um, connecting with What's around us? In a couple of weeks, on February 18th, we have a Uniquely His talent show as we reach out to those families struggling with disability. We need people here to help with that ministry. Talk about sharing the love of Christ, just to, to walk alongside a disabled child so the family can come into the worship service. What an awesome ministry right here. February 24th, James Project. People said, well, Kevin, uh, do you have kind of a family trip in these short-term trips? And You know, not yet. I'm going to be working with our family ministries the following year. Can we have a family trip? But there's lots of opportunities around us. And one of the best ones is a James Project. February 24th, we have things for all ages as we help a family who's being fined by the city. 
and we can go in and fix their yard. And you know they're being fined by the city because one of the neighbors are, have complained. So we hope to, to work with creation in storing their yard. We hope to work with this couple and their neighbors in restoring that relationship there and hopefully in the process, again, pointing to them, to their Father in heaven, to the, the King of everything. And how can we have an impact globally? Get in touch with those who are our family, our global workers. Uh, pray for them. Find out how you can encourage them. Some of them need financial support. If you want to help your prayer life for our global workers, support them financially. If you're like me, when you see your money going, you tend to pray a little bit more that God would use that wisely. So uh, not only is a blessing to them, it can help us as well. And finally, going back to the beginning, we are to be his witnesses, all of us. And we're not to, to though there's a cost, for all of us, as we connect and try to reconcile people back to their heavenly father, that shouldn't be a weight. We talked about my friend Liz, who has got this commissioning from the Queen of England. Uh, David Livingston, a worker in Africa many years ago, had this, and there's, that's also in your handout. If a commission by an earthly king is considered an honor, how can a commission by a heavenly king be considered a sacrifice. Acts 1.8 You, followers of Jesus, shall be my witnesses. Jerusalem, Judea, where you are, Samaria, different cultures to the ends of the earth. Whether we go, wherever we go, we're to be his witnesses. But we need to connect with those who are part of our family as well so that people who he misses most can be restored to relationship with our Heavenly Father. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this, uh, for reaching out and drawing us to yourself. God, uh, we, we don't deserve that, and you have uh, pursued us, each of us. Uh, God, help us in that we still struggle and we still wrestle and we worry about what do our neighbors think and what about all the things I've done wrong. Father, thank you for forgiving us. And God, in an amazing way, you desire to use us for your glory. Help us to keep our eyes off of ourselves and on you and give us wisdom as how we can play that ministry of reconciliation to those around us. In Jesus' precious name. Amen.